right. So thankful for these guys and Rachel, my family. They are some of the greatest jewels and joys and pre uh, treasures of, of my heart. And I'm so thankful uh, for family that God gives. I'm thankful for church family. And, and when we talk about jewels and joys and treasures, uh, I think of uh, I think of Valley Bible Baptist Church and your family uh, to me. And uh, what a blessing to have family in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so good to us. Let, let's go to Daniel chapter 6 this evening. Daniel chapter 6, one of the most famous uh, stories in the Word of God, Daniel in the lion's den. And again, how many of you remember Sunday school classes as a small boy or girl, and you learned about Daniel in the lion's den? And uh, was that a favorite story for anyone? Uh, is there anybody here that that was your favorite favorite story? Tiara, you like that, and Don, that was a favorite for you. Uh, I used to love the story of Daniel of the lion's den. Could just picture uh, Daniel pulling up a big fat lion and sleeping all night on that lion. And uh, so it just uh, boy, brought uh, joy to my heart to hear the story of Daniel in the lion's den. And I, I believe it's through the word of God that our faith in the Lord is built. And I, I do not believe these stories are fairy tale. They're literal stories. This happened. This is truth. And, and uh, so that's the conviction of my heart is that as we read about these accounts in the word of God, our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is, is built. Daniel chapter 6, we'll read just a few verses this evening. If you will stand with me as we read together the Word of God, we'll start Daniel chapter 6, and we're going to begin here in verse number 10. Uh, Daniel 6 and verse number 10, and it reads, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. And, and I underlined this next statement in my Bible, as he did aforetime. Okay, we go to verse number 16. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. We go to verse number 21. Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouths that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocency was found in me and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. And I underlined that statement in my Bible, because he believed in his God. So we're going to look tonight at Daniel in the lion's den. And again, our, our focus is upon the character of Daniel. There are so many things that we see about Daniel that we need in our lives as we minister here in a dark world. And I think we're going to experience some of the things that Daniel experienced in his life should the Lord tarry his return. Let's go to the Lord this evening in prayer. Father, thank you. It's uh, just a blessing, again, to open your word. I thank you for the account and testimony of, of this man, Daniel, his love for you, his courage, his character, his conviction, a man that would not compromise, a man of an excellent countenance and uh, your spirit shining through his life. And I pray, Lord, that you would uh, give us your power as we preach your word tonight, and we need to hear from heaven. And Lord, help us to be good listeners, spirit-filled listeners tonight. Give us eternal application to our lives, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated this evening. 
And as we well know tonight, this is one of the most famous accounts in the book of Daniel. And usually when we think of the book of Daniel, we think of the fiery furnace and the three boys that would not burn. And we think of Daniel and the lion's dens, this young man that, or not a young man, old man, now that God preserved through the lion's den. And we look at this account and we see that Daniel was so faithful to God. He was cast into the den of lions for his faith. He was preserved and protected by God. As a boy, I mentioned this fascinated me, just the story of God's preservation, this fact that it's not a fairy tale. This is a miracle that God records in His Word, a great miracle. Hebrews chapter 11, in the hall of faith, the Bible tells us that uh, through faith the, 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 they stopped the mouth of lions, and I believe it's referring to this account here in the book of Daniel. Uh, now, as we've mentioned, this book is prophetic, and there is uh, a prophetic, I think, sense of this particular chapter. Uh, I believe during the time of the tribulation, there's going to be severe persecution against the saints of God, against the remnant. Uh, they're going to refuse to worship the beast. Now, let me just uh, bring us up to date. The next major event will be the rapture of God's people. God's people are going to re be removed. And I'm looking forward to that. The trumpet will sound, the dead in Christ will rise, then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them of the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. After the rapture, the Antichrist will be revealed. I don't think we're going to know who he is until after the rapture uh, takes place. But when the Antichrist is revealed in the midst of the tribulation, he's going to bring severe persecution. Anybody that will not take the mark of the beast uh, will uh, not be fed, and uh, God's going to deliver many of them, the remnant, from the mouth, we might say, the mouth of the lion uh, during that time, and God will preserve them. So I think there's a prophetic element here. Now, let me just state tonight that our job is to obey God. Uh, the God whom we serve is able to deliver us. But I refer us back to the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They made the statement, but if not, we will not bow to thy gods nor serve them. And so God's job for us is to obey Him. And all of us like Daniel are going to have times that to obey God may be very costly. Uh, to obey God may cost us jail or may cost us the lion's den. Uh, to obey God may even cost our lives. We've got to come to this place that we want and will obey God no matter what. Now let's break down our, our chapter here tonight. And again, we're, we're going to teach and preach all at the same time. We're just going to kind of go through this verse by verse. And uh, first of all, look with me in verses 1 through 3. And we'll read here that Daniel was promoted. In Daniel chapter 6, the kingdom... Uh, was passed to the Medes and the Persians. As we read this morning, look in chapter 5, verse 31. And it reads, And Darius the Median took the kingdom, being about threescore and two years old. Uh, so the Babylonians have been defeated, and we move from the head of gold now to the breast and the arms of silver with the kingdom of the Medes and the Persians. And so by this time, Daniel is well beyond 80 years of age. And I've read accounts, some say uh, he was just over 80, some say as much as 90 years of old. We don't know exactly how old Daniel was, but we know he's an old man. And history tells us that Darius ruled in the city of Babylon for two years, and then he died. 
And then we know that his nephew Cyrus, uh, the Persian, took over the throne. And I believe Daniel was used of God to influence both of these kings. In fact, I think here in our chapter, that just as Nebuchadnezzar was saved, I believe Darius is now saved because of the testimony of Daniel. Uh, Daniel chapter 6 would have taken place in these first two years of the reign of Darius. Now verse number 1, chapter 6, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom, and over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Uh, Darius was not an absolute monarch, as was Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, he was the king, but his authority, we see, in that kingdom was limited somewhat. And here the Bible tells us he had 120 princes over the various regions of the kingdom and over these princes he appointed three presidents and of these three presidents uh, even at Daniel's age he was appointed the first or the chief of these three presidents. Now it's interesting in verse number two the Bible says that they might give accounts unto them that the king should have no damage. In other words uh, Daniel is put the chief and he was trusted by the king knowing that Daniel would not still and would make certain that others in the kingdom did not still, that the king would receive no damage. Now look in verse number 3, and this tells us of Daniel's character. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because, and I love this, I've underlined this in my Bible, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Now we read that Darius preferred Daniel. Daniel was trustworthy. Daniel was loyal. Daniel was wise. Daniel was a follower of God. Uh, Daniel found that whatever he, or Darius found that whatever he placed in the hands of Daniel uh, would be secure, that Daniel would prosper that, that God would bless because of the man Daniel. Darius found Daniel to be of an excellent spirit. Now that would tell me that he was a spirit-filled man. I believe that Daniel reflected the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that you would come into the presence of Daniel and there was just something different about him. I think Daniel was strong in doctrine, but I believe he was sweet in spirit. We've made that the motto of Valley Bible Baptist Church. We're to be strong in doctrine, but sweet in spirit. And, and that thought comes from the life and the spirit, and the testimony of Daniel. See, I believe Daniel was firm in his convictions. We've read about that in the testimony of Daniel. Uh, but he was compassionate in his personality. Uh, you see, Daniel was, was not uh, uh, one that, that you would have looked at uh, as, as one that was a judge of all, but Daniel was one that had the heart to reach out for the cause of Jesus Christ. It's evident in our passage of Scripture that Darius had grown to love Daniel, to appreciate Daniel, he liked Daniel as a person. I think Daniel, in this short period of time, became a dear friend unto Darius, and he was one that Darius could look up to and gain wisdom from and find guidance for his kingdom. Uh, that's so needed today, isn't it? And we need in, in our world today those that can give counsel to the politicians, those that can have an impact upon uh, those in authority. We need godly Christians. When I read of Daniel, it kind of reminds me of Joseph. 
where the Bible says of Joseph that God made all that he did to prosper. Uh, God prospered Joseph in Potiphar's house. God prospered Joseph in the prison house. And then God prospered uh, Joseph in Pharaoh's house. Uh, that's because Joseph walked with God and Daniel was such a man. See, God will do for those who are willing to walk with him what he did for Joseph and what he did for Daniel. Oh, how we need today in the business world men and women that walk with God. How we need in our school systems today those that will serve the Lord Jesus and not compromise. How we need that in our Christian school right here at Valley Bible Baptist Church. How we need that in the political realm today. Those that in that political realm will love the Lord Jesus Christ and be true to the word of God. And though all the world depart from the things of God, they're going to be true to God no matter the cost or no matter the consequence. And I believe when God has such a heart, God will prosper such an individual. So Daniel was promoted. But we go to verse number 4, and we'll see that Daniel was persecuted. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Now ask the question, why did they seek occasion against Daniel? I think we could probably say there was jealousy. Daniel had been promoted above them. And so often human nature despises those that have prospered or those that have been blessed. And uh, human nature despises those that have been godly or through godliness and honesty and faithfulness have been blessed or even those through diligence have been blessed. Maybe it was his integrity. Uh, many times promotion in politics comes from dirty scheming. Many times those who are promoted uh, are promoted with the thought of lining their pockets. But those that were below Daniel could not line their pockets because Daniel uh, gave good account unto the king. And the uh, Bible, I think Darius, placed Daniel in this position in order to protect the assets of the kingdom. Not allow uh, the politicians below him to steal or to scheme against him. And often those in position uh, seek their own prosperity and Daniel sought the prosperity of God. Uh, Daniel ran a clean ship. Uh, he was kind of like uh, the boss that was over them that would not allow uh, anything below his watchful eye to take place that would be a dishonor to the kingdom. Maybe it was Daniel's godliness. Uh, the Bible says all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Uh, the moment you take a stand for Jesus Christ, uh, there are going to be those that will come against you. You take a stand for the Lord at your job, at your work, it's going to cost you somewhere along the line. See, the light of Daniel brought conviction to their hearts. When you walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, that light, that testimony is going to bring conviction to the hearts and to the lives of others. Now here the Word of God tells us they looked for fault in Daniel, but this is a blessing. They found nothing. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there error or fault found in him. They went into his past. They tried to dig something up. Uh, they looked into former news articles. Uh, they interviewed all that knew him. Uh, they even got the liberal false media to investigate him. Uh, boy, they did all they could, but they could find nothing in the heart and the life of Daniel. Now, there are very few people with such a record in their lives. 
I think of Joseph. In the Bible, he had such a record. There was no fault found in Joseph. I think of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, there was no fault found in the Lord Jesus Christ. They had to hire false witnesses to bring charge against the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I have two quick thoughts here. How important it is for us to constantly guard our testimony. Because when you name the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you better mark it down. There are going to be people that are going to look to your life to seek to find fault with your life. Someday you can mark it down that skeletons are going to come out of the closet. And what you do on Facebook and social media today is written in the skies. And someday that may come to uh, haunt you. It may come out against you somewhere down the line. The things that you're involved in that you think nobody else knows about, somehow, somewhere down the line, those skeletons come out. That's one thought that I have. And how important it is that you constantly guard your testimony. But I have really a second thought. Uh, our only hope for such purity is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, probably every one of us in this auditorium tonight would have something that if some skeleton came out, we would be ashamed. Our righteousness is of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And I'm so grateful tonight that the moment I trusted Christ, I was washed, I was justified, and He began to cleanse my life. And in the eyes of God, it's just as if I'd never sinned. Do you realize if you're saved tonight, when you stand before the Lord, there will be no fault found in you? Because you've been washed in Jesus and you say, but pastor, you don't know what my past has been. Uh, well, the Lord knew what it was and he forgave that past. Isn't that a blessing? And he put it under the blood of Jesus Christ and he put your sin as far as the east is from the west and he raised you up and gave you a new name and he gave you a purpose in life. And so each one of us through the Lord Jesus Christ, we're filthy of ourselves, but we're pure and faultless before the throne of God. God sees the purity of Christ. And I'm grateful for that tonight. Now verse number 5. They could find only one charge against Daniel. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel. Notice this, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Wouldn't that be good to be said about any of us? The only fault they can find in you is that you love Jesus. That you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. They said, the only thing we can see about Daniel is his worship of God. He loved the Lord. It was evident. He was not a secret Christian. He was an outspoken Christian. He was not ashamed to take his stand for Jesus Christ. He loved and served God. Not a secret disciple. He was, as we said this morning, a real Christian. And our world today needs real Christians. In verse number 6, Then these presidents... And princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. Uh, they're going to flatter him a little bit. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors, the princes, except for Daniel, the counselors, the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions." Now, O king, establish the decree, sign the writing, that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. He didn't think this thing through. He didn't look upon this list of the counselors that had signed it and see that the name of Daniel was not there. Uh, in this uh, pride, you almost sense that they flattered him, and now in that pride, 
he signs the decree without looking at the complete consequences of it. And you, you know, sometimes, have you ever done something uh, that you later regretted doing? You just didn't think it through? And that's the way it was with Darius. Uh, you know, let me, let me just state, and I'm going to get political here. We have a generation in America that has a goal of overthrowing everything America has stood for. Uh, we have a generation today that, that desires to overthrow our dependence upon God, uh, to overthrow our constitutional freedoms and liberties, uh, to overthrow our history of God's blessings, and I'll be blunt, to overthrow our capitalistic Christian work ethic, that if a man doesn't work, he ought not to eat. Amen. Uh, we have a generation that wants to overthrow our Bill of Rights, our freedom of worship, our freedom to peaceably assemble, our right to bear arms, our right to protect my own family. Uh, we have a generation today that is rising, that complains and says right is wrong, and wrong is right. See, I think this is what's happening in the generation in which Daniel served, and with these princes and presidents that are under him. How we need today some Daniels that will not compromise our convictions. And like Daniel, they'll be persecuted, they'll be lied about, they'll be mocked, but they're going to be true to God regardless of the consequences. Now look with me at verse number 10. This is, I believe, a key verse. Daniel not only was per persecuted, but Daniel was persistent. It says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day, and he prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. I believe the key verse in Daniel's early life is Daniel 1 verse number 8, where it says Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not be defiled with the portion of the king's meat nor with the wine which he drank. I believe the key verse of his later life is verse number 10 of chapter 6. Where Daniel, knowing the law, did as he had always done. He did not change. It says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he did as he had done aforetime. See, a law could not stop Daniel from worshiping his God. When Solomon dedicated the temple... Uh, we read in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 uh, that God had said, If pestilence comes against my land, He says, If my people which are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, then will I forgive their sin, and then will I heal their land. And then Solomon, God said to Solomon that God would bless the prayer that was prayed toward the temple there in Jerusalem. So here's Daniel three times every day. He goes to his home. He opens his window to walk the temple in Jerusalem. And he prays in accordance with the word of God. And that temple, by the way, is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. It would be like us today coming in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And praying in that wonderful, holy name of Jesus. So Daniel did not change. A law could not stop him from doing what he had always done. And that's so crucial for us. Daniel continued doing what he knew was right. I don't read here that Daniel was worried. 
I don't read that Daniel compromised. I don't read that Daniel uh, was afraid to die. Here's Daniel. He's faithfully served God all of these years. He's now in his 80s, maybe near 90. And he's been faithful to God. God has never failed him. And Daniel's come to the point of doing what I know is right to do, cost me my life. I'm willing to continue serving the Lord. Now, this is so crucial. We may face some days ahead where laws go against us. What if it became illegal to attend church beyond the coronavirus? It's illegal in China. It's illegal in many Muslim countries. What if it became illegal? Let me again get political. This coming election is crucial. See, I have some principles as I vote. I always vote pro-God. I vote for those that believe in our religious liberties. I always vote pro-God. I vote for those that believe in our right to protect. I always vote pro-life. I believe life begins at conception. I always vote pro-business. I vote for those that will promote business in America. I vote pro-Israel. I vote for those that will uphold God's working with the nation of Israel. Because I believe that there is a principle in the word of God, I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. I'm thoroughly convinced that many of God's blessings upon this nation have come because of the way uh, this nation has blessed the nation of Israel. What if it were illegal to own a Bible? What if it became illegal to pray? What if it were illegal to witness? What would you do? How would you respond? Will you continue to do what's right to do? What if the news media attacked those who do right? Will you continue even if your name is mocked and vilified by the media? See, Daniel was persistent. And then we move on that Daniel was pinned. He was placed in the lion den. They trapped Daniel. Look in verse number 11. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Now they knew Daniel. They knew what the result was going to be. They knew when this law was set into, into writing, they had Daniel trapped. And so we read in verse number 12. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within thirty days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Uh, they trapped Daniel. And they trapped the king in verse 14. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself, and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him, and he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. In verse 15, Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and the Persians is that no decree nor statutes which the king established may be changed. So they had trapped the king. The king did not think through uh, what he signed into law. 
And now he could not change what had become law. And let me just state, that's why you need to be very careful who you elect. Because some things go into law that are very difficult to change. And there are consequences that come upon a nation for those that are in authority and the laws that come upon the land. And so very important that you follow biblical principles in your voting habits. So this is signed into law. The king has been changed. Their flattery had worked. It was a hasty law. Verse number 16. Then the king commanded and they brought Daniel. He had no choice. Cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet, with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. I believe Daniel, when he went into his room and he prayed, he knew the consequences. But he was willing to face the consequences, as we mentioned, well over 80 years of age. And yet his heart was firm, it was settled, he would serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, at verse 17, does it remind you of anything? It says, a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den. Remember another time when a stone was rolled? Remember the Lord Jesus Christ? Uh, the devil thought he won. They sealed Jesus in the tomb. Daniel's been sealed in the tomb. The devil thought that he won. And yet up from the grave would the Lord Jesus Christ arise. And out of the den would come forth Daniel. So Daniel's been pinned in the tomb, or pinned in the, in the den. A den of lions, mean, vicious. I had watched some video footage of a pride of lions chasing the enemy. They're vicious. They would separate the zebra or they would separate the wildebeest or the buffalo. They would get one off by itself and they would move in for the kill. They would move in for the attack. There was no mercy. And Satan is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And Satan has devoured so many and I'm burdened for some that during this time have grown complacent to the things of God and do not realize how crafty the enemy like a lion and, and, and a roaring lion and, and when you get away from church and away from the Bible and away from fellowship that old enemy moves in for the kill in the life. But here's Daniel. Daniel was protected. The king was powerless to deliver Daniel. Verse 18 tells us about the king's sleepless night. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night with fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. It was a sleepless night. It's evident the king loved Daniel. They had a close relationship. I know the king was feeling guilty. He knew that hastily he had signed this law into being. In verse number 19, then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said, Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Oh, do you see the, the pathetic heart of, of Darius and just this broken heart. Uh, uh, though da, uh, the king was powerless, God was not powerless. And in verse number 21, Then said Daniel unto the king, 
O king, live forever. Those were some of the most joyous words this king had ever heard in his life. Do you ever do something and in what you did, you hurt somebody else and you didn't really mean to hurt them and you felt so bad, you felt so guilty about it uh, and here's Darius and feels so guilty and now, O king, Daniel says, live forever. Uh, God was not powerless. Verse 22, my God has sent his angel, has shut the lion's mouths, and they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Had Daniel not walked with God, there would have been no hope. But he was innocent. Satan, that roaring lion, could not touch him could not devour him because he stayed close to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, on your own, you cannot stand against that roaring lion. But in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says that we're to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. We're to submit ourselves to God. We're to cast all of our care upon God. And, and we cannot stand on our own, but I have a God that will stand with me in the midst of that fiery furnace or stand with me in the midst of the lion's den. Now I think about this. That king, Darius, he couldn't sleep. But I think Daniel had a, a restful night. I've always pictured a big fat lion. The fattest one of the bunch. And, and I don't know, the Bible didn't tell us this, but I just pictured this in my mind. Uh, here are those lions and Daniel just petted that lion, laid his head on the belly of that lion. And he slept through all night and, and the snores that you heard were not the roars of the lion. It was Daniel sleeping away in the lion's den. Oh, the king couldn't sleep, but Daniel did because there was an angel that stopped the mouth of the lion. And I just pictured this angel is like unto the fourth that was in the midst of the fiery furnace. The Lord Jesus Christ that held the mouth of the lion. Psalm 34 verse 7, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. In verse number 23, Then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because, and I've underlined this as I mentioned, because he believed in his God. See, that's God's protection against the lion. If you're saved here this evening, you can give testimony of God's protection. You can give testimony that God has protected you from danger or from enemies or from sin. And every child of God can give that testimony. Often, as we have taken trips as a family, we've claimed that verse, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. And we've claimed that verse in, in a, a journey or a trip. Every child of God can give that testimony. Now, again, I believe this is a picture of the remnant during the tribulation that is going to be protected from that den of the lions and kept by God until the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we look at the end of the chapter here, Daniel was prospered. Darius had a message for his servants. Uh, he cleaned house, we might say. Verse 24, And the king commanded... And they brought those men which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of the lions, them, their children, their wives, and the lions had the mastery of them, and break all their bones in pieces, or ever they came at the bottom of the den. Now, some might say, well, the lions didn't bother Daniel because evidently they were not hungry. That is dispelled 
Because as soon as these men hit the bottom of that, uh, that den, the lions devoured them. Their family broke their bones, devoured their flesh. And so a testimony that the king had a message for his servants. And then he had a message for his subjects. This is some beautiful verses. Look at verse 25. Then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, and steadfast forever, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall even or be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth. He worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who had delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. Here Darius, I believe this is his conversion. Chapter 4, we have the conversion of Nebuchadnezzar. And now in chapter 6, the conversion of Darius. And I believe later we have the conversion of Cyrus. Because Daniel was a man, a bright and shining light in a dark world, his light would shine and he influenced kingdoms for the Lord Jesus Christ. God used Daniel. Verse number 28, so this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. And as we get to Cyrus, you're going to find that God raised up Cyrus, even spoke of him many years before his ascent to the kingdom. And God used Cyrus then to uh, deliver Israel out of Babylon, out of bondage, and back into the land of Jerusalem and to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. I'll just close with this thought tonight. Dare to be a Daniel. Dare to stand alone. Dare to have a purpose firm. Dare to make it known. Now, some of you may have to rise above family and friends. Now, some of you may have to face persecution. Now, some of you may have to face a lion's den. Now, some of us may face in coming days laws that are contrary to the kingdom of God. We're going to have to make a choice. We're going to stand for God or are we going to be ashamed? Let's go back to Daniel 6 and verse number 10 and we'll close with this thought tonight. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and he prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. See, I believe the greatest preparation you can have for difficult days ahead is to walk with God in the good times. Amen. And if you walk with God in the good times, when the bad times come, it's habit to walk with God. When the bad times come, you just do what you did during the good times. And when the law goes against you, you just do what you always did. You do what was right to do. Uh, when the law goes against you, you obey God rather than man. You stand for Jesus Christ no matter what it costs you. With every head bowed, every